evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, kind of a, a bummer of a game. Team played very well and uh, coughed up the lead and lost their first home match. It was the final game at Red Bull Arena. We'll get to all that. Uh, we will do our, our standard ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. We're going to be talking to Amando Moreno about all things uh, USL and MLS in the homegrown era of 2013. And uh, we're going to preview the, the match that will be opening MSU Soccer Park against Charlotte Independence and discussing things all around the USL. Tonight, joining me, as always now, that's a that's a new thing, we've got Once a Metro Zone, Joe Steen. Hello, Joe. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm, I'm the only one here. You're the okay. only one here. <laughs> See, I bring in the new guy and the others flee. Uh, well, yeah, Bill was, you know, unavailable, but Anthony is not welcome here. So that's why he is not on the show. Merced out. Hashtag Merced out. Right. <laughs> he, As hij- always. he hijacked the podcast last week. Um, he will not be doing that tonight. I took security measures to make sure that that will not happen. I apologize for any... Um, uh, bad feelings or uh, d- d- confusion that we caused last week by not b- by not being able to keep him out. I promise you this week he is not going to be coming onto this podcast. I know that sounds like a work, but it is not. <sighs> that was a mouthful. It's okay, though. Yeah. Oh, uh, quick personal announcement. I uh, announced today that I am stepping down from uh, SBI Soccer. Uh, after a, a year of service there, there is going to be more writing from me and some other stuff coming up, uh, but we are not ready to announce that just yet. Uh, but stick around, guys, because have got some really fun stuff coming up. Anyway, let's talk about this match against FCC. FC Cincinnati comes to town. They have a fantastic road record. The Red Bulls have a great home record. We're thinking, who's going to win out? Uh, who's going to keep their their their, their good I don't know what I'm where I'm going with that. Who's going to keep their their strong form up in whatever place that they're in? Uh, it turns out not the Red Bulls. It was FC Cincinnati. They they fell behind early. It looked like the Red Bulls had the game in hand, uh, and then two goals in the second half changed everything. I mean, there's a little bit of other stuff that was going on there, but Justine, give us give us a rundown. What do you think happened in this match that kind of turned things you know south for the Red Bulls? Pretty much, they didn't take their chances. Mm-hmm. You know, they started off really, really good. Uh, Mondo gets the goal. Mondo Moreno gets the goal inside seven minutes. Uh, they look really good. They're on the front foot. They're pressing them well. For some reason, I have no idea why, they decided to try and test Brian White's ability to press the goalkeeper a couple times and a couple bad giveaways. But they really couldn't take advantage of it. You know, the second half, and even towards the end of the first half, you could see Cincinnati was starting to find their feet a little bit. They were spreading the ball out wide. You know, they kind of had the Red Bulls, too, kind of had trouble defending them. And then the second half, they, you know, Red Bull 2 gets the penalty and White skies it, unfortunately. And then Cincinnati, it, from then on, Cincinnati had the momentum. They turned to their chances. They didn't really have chances in this game. So I give a lot of credit to the back line for limiting what they were, you know, what Cincinnati had. But good teams find ways to get goals, and unfortunately, they got two goals, and the Red Bull 2 really didn't look themselves in the second half 
either. I would I would argue that it started even earlier than that. I think by the end of the first half, Cincinnati had really figured out how they wanted to approach the match. Uh, I think early on, but we're having a lot of trouble executing. Uh, and with the press kind of taking, you know, its toll on the players, and some guys starting to get, you know, some knocks here and there. Um, maybe that started to falter a little bit, especially uh, on the front line in terms of having, you know, Amando, uh, Andrew Tenari, uh, Brian White, and Jared Stroud closing things down. It started to get a little bit more open. Uh, FCC was spreading the ball wide. And then once you do that to the Red Bulls, it's it's pretty much the end because they're going to stay narrow in that press. And if you can keep passing out of that, they're just going to be running laterally, you know, for the rest of the match. And it, it becomes very difficult for them to, to step back in and, and find anything. Um, I mentioned Knox. Uh, Jared Stroud, apparently his hamstring locked up in the first half after getting hit there a couple times and uh, reportedly uh, could not run in the second half. That is from Jared's mouth to the Duans, our, our good friends, the Duans. Uh, you know, I thought that he did really well in the first half. He looked really exciting, was generating a lot of the offense. Uh, it helped take some of the burden off of uh, Andrew and, and Christian Caceres. Uh, in terms of of having to to be those guys that need to open up the defense, but you're right, they wasted so many of those chances. Tanari had that perfect open look in front of the net uh, that I believe uh, Amando had sent to him. That he kind of got caught in two minds of whether or not was, he was uh, going to shoot or pass. Brian, Brian, oh, Brian thank White, you. Actually, That's right. It was Brian White. Brian White. I think he got caught in between trying to shoot and pass because he saw Jared out of the corner of his eye. I think. And I think he meant to lay it off, but I think he, he already committed, and mm-hmm. that's kind of why. Because, sh- you know, Tanari, you know, uh, three games into the year probably puts that in the back of the net, no question. Absolutely. I mean, as, as far as in, on form. Absolutely. But he also took a knock, and the, he also took a knock right before the uh, the hydration break, which it didn't look it didn't look bad, but I, you could see kind of affected him. Yeah, he lost a step. And that absolutely killed the press, and I think that's part of what allowed Cincinnati to kind of climb back in there. Um, Inexperience on the back line, but I think for the most part they held up pretty well. The second goal was ugly, and, you know, there were times um, where uh, Wahab Akwai, I got to get his name right, Akwai, he kind of lost his mark or didn't necessarily – uh, play it safe. He kind of got caught uh, diving into some challenges, which it worked out really well in the first half. And I think that there wasn't really too many moments where uh, that came back to bite him in the second half. Um, but that could be scary for for a coach to look at and see. You know, he's leaving his runners. He's not necessarily keeping track of of where everybody else is behind him or around him. And, you know, it balances out what he did really well in the first half. And Kevin Pollitz, I thought, had another, you know, solid outing. Um, a bit unlucky yep. with that second goal. Uh, he does a great job cutting it out, but then no one came to his aid to help clear yeah, no it. One, yeah, everyone kind of just stood there. And I even said, I said, clear the ball? And no <laughs> one cleared the ball. But, yeah. Um, no, I, I like what I saw from Pollitz. I mean, uh, even with, you know, Acqui starting his first game for Red Bull 2, I, I thought, you know, Pollitz looked, you know, really good as far as even Acqui in the first half. You know, he, he made a lot of good, you know, a lot of good challenges, mm-hmm. really stuck with his man. But second half, that inexperience you could see came into play. 
And but I thought Pollitz again. I still think Pollitz deserves another run out this weekend. Uh, again, you know, he, he was technically the veteran in that yeah. on that back line. He looked very good. I didn't think that he had a drop off in the second half the way that uh, Wahab did, but um, you know, I, I think there's definitely lots to build on there. Uh, I, I also got another update from the Duan family about uh, Stefano Bonomo. He had a concussion and is now week to week. That is why he is out and not in the lineup. <laughs> so thank you to our uh, I mean, our part time beat that, reporters, the Duans, for finding these things out for us. That that does uh, that. He hasn't looked right for a few weeks, so that that yeah. No, this is. I, this I, is I, I don't want to say I'm not surprised, but like you could see something was off about him. Yeah, well, I don't know if this has been uh, something that's been troubling for the last couple of weeks, or if this happened, uh, you know, sometime in the steel game or or in practice afterwards. But uh, just in case you were wondering where he was uh, for the last couple of games, that is why he's out. And uh, last but not least, we had the, another pro debut for well for USL uh, Scott Levine uh, in net for for Evan because he had to travel with the first team and be on the bench in case anything happened to Ryan Mara during Lewis Robles's uh, extended time out uh, and I thought he did fine I didn't think there really was a whole lot that he did wrong in the match or, or anything that that really stuck out uh, other than maybe needs to communicate a little bit more uh, or be a, a little bit more authoritative with his communication um, you know, I think he kind of started to settle in as the, as the game went on, but, uh, it seemed maybe, I don't know if timid's the right word, but you know, he looked a little uncomfortable in the first half, uh, but, but got a little bit settled as things went on, which is funny because he looked better as the game went on in terms of, of how he was carrying himself and his positioning and talking to the rest of the team, uh, as the team was declining. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's gonna, that's gonna come with, um, that, that's definitely gonna come with right. no it's more just experience. Time. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you're stepping in to, you know, Evan Spot, who's done a great job this season. You're kind of the guy who's, you know, shouting orders out. And, you know, it, it's, not, it's not the same. I mean, yeah. you know, we hear Laura every game shouting stuff out. But I definitely think he could have did a good job. I mean, he couldn't really do too much about, you know, either goal. You know, the one was a great shot and the other one, you know, it was a fail clearance and fell right to the uh, to the attacker and he put it in. So, yeah. Not, no, not much he could have done, but I, I thought he did a good job. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk man of the match, and then we'll do our ex New York Red Bull two report. Uh, who do you got? Um. Hmm. I'm gonna have to say Amando Moreno. Uh, I thought he did a good job. I mean, he scores the opening goal, looked like a constant threat. Um. Really, you know. Again, I really like the fact that he runs at the at the defense. Um. I also could give it to Kevin Pollitz, who had a solid shift outside of, you know, um, one missed clearance. But uh, either one of those two, I would say. I'm going to give mine to Jared Stroud for just the way his first half went. You know, I you heard me talk about it for the last two weeks that we were there to watch them. Make the run, Jared. Make the run. <laughs> but uh, I think overall you see improvement from week to week. He's definitely a threat out there. They need someone on the wing that can be uh, a threat consistently. It's something they haven't really had since Florian Velo was playing there in the 2016 season. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, I really like what I saw from him. Um, okay, let's do this. The New York Red Bulls 2, or ex-New York Red Bulls 2 report. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Rafa Diaz did not play in uh, 
the Sac Republic's one nothing loss to Real Monarchs SLC. Noah Powder also did not play <laughs> uh, for Orange County SC in their one nothing loss to Sac Republic. <laughs> not all there's these games. Of, there's a lot of did not plays in this. That's in, true. In this report, uh, and not all of them will be did not play against the team mentioned in the previous report. Uh, <laughs> Dan Metzger and Penn FC, he came off the bench and played 45 minutes in uh, their 3-1 loss to Nashville, which we'll get to a little bit further down the list. Uh, Dilly Duca started and scored two goals in a 4-0 win uh, for FC Motown over New Jersey Copa FC. FC Motown is now 3-0-0, no goals against, 11 goals scored, second place in the Keystone Conference in the NPSL. Junior Flemings, he started and played 90 minutes in a 0-0 draw for the Tampa Bay Rowdies against Atlanta United 2. Brandon Allen, there's that guy uh, that we've talked about so many times on the show. He's with Nashville now. Uh, He started uh, midweek, played 69 minutes in a 1-0 win over the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Now, if you've been listening to the show, that's significant because it's Pittsburgh's first loss of the season, and Brandon Allen delivered it. It was kind of a, a, a mishmash of a goal, but hey, they all count, right? Then he follows that performance up with a 79-minute shift uh, in Nashville's 3-1 win over Penn FC. He scored a goal and assisted a goal uh, and was voted Player of the Week in USL. We'll talk about that more later. Uh, Corey Herzog uh, also played two goals this week. He started and played 63 minutes in St. Louis FC's 3-1 loss to Phoenix Rising. Uh, And then he started and played 77 minutes uh, and scored the winning goal in um, St. Louis FC's match against... Oh, did not write it down. Why didn't I write that down? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moving on. St. Louis? No, yeah, St. Louis. Who'd St. Louis play? Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. No, they lost to Phoenix. Who'd they beat? Oh. Um. <laughs> Joe Steen, I'm going to blame you, but this is my fault, that's, totally. That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you're future me. You should uh, know this. Or you're past me? I don't know. I, don't, I think you're future me. Let's see. Let's see. Loading, loading, loading. All right. I've got some kind of facts mix, mixed up here. They St. Louis FC won two nothing over Swill Park Rangers, uh, but Herzog did score the winning goal in this match and played seventy nine minutes. Ooh, what happened? What happened there, guys? No idea. Uh, Herzog scored that goal in the twenty sixth minute. Um, anyway, uh, Conrad Pleva did not play in either of Real Monarchs SLCs. Uh, wins over both Rio Grande Valley and Sac Republic, uh, 2-0 and 1-0, respectively. Kyle Rainish started and played 90 minutes in uh, Fresno FC's 4-0 win over Seattle Sounders FC2. Zach Carroll, who is now the captain of Reno 1868 FC, that's kind of crazy considering he started the year on the bench for them, and is only playing because of an injury. He started, played 90 minutes, uh, in a 2-1 win over OKC Energy FC, and scored a goal in that match, so congrats, Zach. Uh, Devin Speedy Williams and uh, Louisville City FC were off this weekend. Mike DeFonta started and played 90 minutes in Phoenix Rising's 3-1 win over uh, St. Louis FC. Carl, we met in Indy 11. Uh, he started and played 90 minutes in a very fun 3-3 draw with Charleston Battery. If you haven't watched that match, I would highly recommend it. It was so fun to watch. Ah, 
Okay, that's all the domestics. Now we're going to go to the foreign leagues. Zika Lewis did not play in FH Hafnarf Yardar's 2-2 draw with Kafalvik. Kaf- Keflavik. I think that's right. Keflavik. Yep, you're right. You're right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you can just tell me that, They're even if I'm wrong. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, Marius Obakop and CS Lucifer Oradia. Uh, he did not play in their 3 1 win over Foresta Susieva. And everyone else's seasons are over. So that is the end of the list. Woo! <laughs> I'm getting better at those names. I'm, I'm, one, one, one week we will have no mess ups whatsoever. Yeah, good luck. Uh, Hafnarf Yardar, I feel very comfortable saying now. Uh, it took a while, but I'm feeling good about it. And I'm sure that if if there was someone uh, familiar with that team, they could tell me that I'm doing it wrong. But I'm still going to be very happy about it. Okay, we're going to take a break now. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk to you, Amanda Moreno. And uh, then we got other stuff after that. So stick around. And we're back. We are joined now by a uh, one-time homegrown player and now returning Red Bull 2 player. It's Amando Moreno. Amando, how are you doing tonight? Good, good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for asking. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, I I don't know if we've had anyone uh, on yet that, that was signed as a homegrown player as early as yourself. Uh, talk to us a little <laughs> bit about the game this past weekend. Obviously, things kind of went, you know... Uh, a bit sideways in the second half, uh, but but the team started really strong. It looked like uh, maybe you were building on momentum uh, that, that you had built from the previous week, and, and the goals looked like they were going to be coming, and then things kind of slowed down. In your estimation, what what happened between the first and the second half? Um, to be honest, I thought we had, even in the second half, um, when we were down, uh, I think we 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 all put in a, a really good effort. I thought we were playing well, especially you know at the beginning. Um, as soon as I scored the goal, you could tell we were flying, getting more chances. We almost got the second one pretty quick, but um, you know obviously the the heat played a, a major factor. But I didn't think we we played bad. We were doing a lot of good things. Even uh, John talked to us after the game. Obviously, he pointed out some mistakes that we made, but he said, "Oh, like it was a pretty good effort." You know, we were doing pretty good. Um, you know, we shouldn't have let the, the, the heat, you know, get, get, a how can I put it? Like get, um, control of us. But, um, well, I think we played a pretty good game. Just, you know, let some, some mistakes go. And that's pretty much what caused the game. Do you think you guys, you know, would still take that, you know, that fact that you played so well on the first half into, you know, your next game? Is that something you you look to, you know, you to build on in training and, you know, the fact that you guys created so many chances, you know, even though the game slipped away from you, you know, you like you guys said, you guys really, you know, were on top of them for the most part of the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, every every game is different. Uh, so but there's a lot of things we can take out of from that game, especially um you know, the mistake, most of the mistakes we, we made, but, you know, it's, it's a learning process. Uh, you know, we're the second team and obviously the main goal is to try to get everyone to the first team. And that's what, that's what we're trying to do. So, you know, we work on those mistakes, um, take it day by day. And I think, you know, just, just work on the little things and for the next game, just 
you know, it's a new, it's a new game. So just do whatever we got to do. And obviously you have a really different perspective on uh, the inner workings of the team now compared to uh, when you were with the team in 2013. Talk to us a little bit about what that's been like. Is that part of why uh, you were drawn back as you saw uh, sort of the progress and the pathway uh, to MLS that maybe didn't exist uh, when you were first with the team? Yeah, obviously. Um, You know, ever since I left, I I didn't really leave, you know, like I was always watching, uh, the games, you know, Red Bull, you know, following them on Instagram, you know, because obviously my home team was where I first started. So obviously um, I've always wanted to come back, you know, and I saw the opportunity to come and, you know, I took it. Um, It's obviously really different now, especially Jesse being here, you know, the system of play, but it's really good. I think it's making me a a much, much better player. And, you know, I really enjoy myself and, uh, you know, I don't regret coming here, you know. I don't regret starting here, and I don't regret being here now. Uh, I love what I do. I love being here, you know, being close to home. So, you know, I'm glad. I'm happy to be here. When did you start playing soccer? I started playing soccer when I was 10 years old, here locally, obviously, in uh, Oldbridge, and just kind of made my way up. And when did you first get on the... the, um the radar for the Red Bulls, uh, when did they scout you or, or bring you into the academy? That was when I was uh, 14. Uh, Jeff Zahn, when he used to be the coach for the 15s, um, he he scouted me. I used to play for this uh, smaller like uh, academy club called LSTS, and from there I went to, to the Red Bulls. You know, they scouted me. And, uh, yeah, and then I just came. Do you feel like when you left Red Bull and, uh, you know, went to Mexico and played, do you feel like it helped you grow as a player more? Uh, yeah, definitely. Obviously, Mexico is just um, different. The way they look at uh, soccer, especially, you know, soccer being like their main sport over there. So it was a great experience. Um, all, like I said, I don't really regret going there either. Um I loved being there, you know, I loved spending my time there um, as a player. You know, I met a lot of good players that um, that have come to the team, a lot of good coaches, you know, that have helped me grow. And I think coming back to Rebel, it's, it's really shown, you know, uh, when I have uh, talks with John, um, you know, he, he just, he says, um, you know, the main things that he's seen that, uh, that have changed and obviously some things I still need to work on, but. I think, yeah, going to Mexico uh, really helped me. You know, when I saw the opportunity to go over there, that's what I wanted to do, so I went. This season, uh, obviously, you've been in, in pretty good form. Uh, you're one of the top scorers on the team, if not tied for the top. I'm not uh, 100% sure. Uh, and you seem to be forming a really uh, good connection with Jared Stroud over the last couple of weeks. Uh, what is it that maybe is clicking with you guys uh, that maybe some other um, – uh, combinations of the lineup haven't quite been as successful. Well, I don't know. You know, um, every player is obviously different. Uh, Jared, I think he's a really good winger. Uh, he's really smart. Uh, he's not a type of player that, like, if he sees an open player, he's not going to take a shot. He, he'd rather put it in the middle. So, and I kind of feed off of that. I see the way he plays, and you know, not many guys. Um, I'm not saying you know on the team, but just like in general, not many guys are would give the pass, you know, they'd rather shoot. So by being, you know, one of the forwards um, together with them, 
um, I'm always trying to be aware, you know, where, where I can put myself to, to try to find a goal. But something with uh, Jared, like, um, you could tell he, he's, a, he's more of a, of a passer. He's a really smart player. Uh, he knows when to give it in, you know. Uh, he sees when the player is free. So I kind of see that, and I just read it. And uh, during training sometimes, actually after the game, both games, that he gave me the assist, I told him, I'm always going to be on, like, on the back post. You know, if you ever see me, just slip it in the middle, and I'll try to get it. And that's exactly how both goals, you know, have gone. You have, you know, some veterans that, you know, were part of the team last year and Evan Loro and Stefano Bonomo and Andrew Tenari and Hassan Adam and others. You know, have they helped, you know, me, you know, you know, get, you know, you going this season? You know, have they helped integrate you into the team? Has it been, you know, a good challenge going against guys that are familiar with the system and, you know, in practice and stuff like that? Yeah, of course. Uh, to be honest, it was really tough for me at first, you know, the way that we played. I didn't really understood, you know. But uh, as as time went on, you know, as more games went on, as more games that I played in, uh, being with these guys that, you know, know what they're doing, obviously, for being here a couple of years, um, yeah, it re- really helped me out, especially in training. Because when I was first here in 2013, uh, it was really different to what it is now, really, really different. So, um, when I thought I'm, I thought it might have been the same, but you know, I I, I needed some help from these guys uh, that have been here a couple of years, you know, to kind of guide me, to kind of help me, um, you know, just change my style of play a little bit to to fit the team, you know, to try to help the team. And I think it's really, you know, really helped out. I think I'm improving a lot. I think um, there's still some some uh, tactical things I need to improve on, but I think with time I'll eventually, you know, be at what I think is the best and. Yeah, just keep working, trying to get help from all these guys, and you know, just keep, keep looking forward. Now, not to keep harping back on 2013, but you know, when you were in the team and eventually left, so much emphasis was put on getting that trophy because you know, not the idea of Henri being here and not winning anything. I think uh, was becoming more and more. Um, not necessarily problematic, but adding a lot of pressure on the team to 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 win now, and so there was such a premium put on results that player development wasn't necessarily at the forefront. And now you come back to the team, and it's especially with Red Bull too. There's sort of that opposite uh, feeling, right? So the results are secondary to making sure that the development is on track. Is, is that something that that also kind of made it a little bit difficult to settle in, or did that help uh, settle you down when you got back? It's funny because um, it's 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 crazy how different it is now. When when I was first here, there, there was no USL at the time. There there was no Red Bull Two. Uh, we used to play reserve games, which were maybe once or if we were lucky, <laughs> twice a month. Yeah, it wasn't every week. It was it was crazy, and you know you you see how. Um, how much these uh, Red Bull 2 guys and, you know, all the USL with the first team, how Jesse likes to keep it together, you, you would never see that uh, a couple of years ago, you know? It, so it's definitely been really good uh, de- developmentally, you know? I think it's been so, so much better now, uh, especially, you know, with guys like Ben Mines, you know, 17 years old coming, scoring. Uh, Christian also said, like, you know, young, 18, both 18. So it's it's pretty... It's pretty um, it's pretty different from when I was first here, especially, uh, you know, game-wise, you know. 
we get to play a game every week now. Even if you're not playing with the first team, you're still playing. You can still find a way to get games, you know, open cup. Um, yeah, and that's something that really, uh, when I heard that they changed, you know, really interests me to, you know, to come back, you know, because I said, <laughs> that's kind of what one of the factors was of, uh, of why I left first. Cause sure. obviously it was really tough for me, um, you know, trying to get in with the first team. I knew, I knew I needed, you know, to grow as a player. Obviously I was really young at the time, but, um, you know, I took my opportunities that came at me uh, to go to Mexico. You know, I don't regret it. But obviously, coming back now and seeing the, the difference, you know, makes me happy, you know, because it's going to, um, it's not going to just help me. It's going to help the future kids, you know, that come from the academy um, to, you know, to progress and to hopefully be successful with the first team eventually. Um, they got a couple guys already from the academy coming to train with the USL, which was never really been done before. I mean, well, when I was first here, was they barely did that. So yeah, it's been really different. Uh, it's been great, a great change, and um, I think it's going to be really, really, uh, really good for the to the upcoming kids coming up. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just wanted to look back at that roster that you were on and how difficult it would have been to break into the team. You got uh, Brad was here by the end of the season. Peggy Lee Andula. Uh, obviously Henri and Espindola. It's just, that's such a nightmare for a young player to try to climb into Tim the lineup. Kale. Yeah, Tim Cahill, <laughs> of course. Right, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it was, it's just a mountain. But uh, you know, yeah, but, you know, um, I never really looked at it that way. You know, obviously, like, man, it, it was really tough, you know, but I always, you know, try to keep looking forward. Um, they've really helped me a lot. I remember a lot of good times where Henri kept me after training to, you know, to do some extra shooting, or sometimes with uh, Tim, he would help me do some extra passes. Like I'm never going to forget these things, you know, things yeah. that have obviously helped me in in my in my game. Yeah, totally. Uh, that that's uh, pretty awesome stuff to be able to get as a young player. Uh, listen, Amanda, you've been uh, terrific. Before we let you go, we're going to subject you to the lightning round. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Low pressure for sure. Uh, popcorn, yes or no? Yes. DC or Marvel? Uh, Marvel. Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, Star Wars. Fortnite, yes or no? Yeah, yes, I was actually just playing. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you good at Fortnite? Yeah, well, I just got some wins, two straight wins with Kevin right now. Nice. As we were on the phone. Oh, Very nice. <laughs> oh, wow. That's more than I got. So. Okay. <laughs> And the last one before I let you go, I, I snuck this one in a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's going over well. Who is the least funny Red Bull 2 player that thinks they're funny? I think it's Andrew Tenari. <laughs> so we're getting Call different answers say every I time. Said it, say I said it a million times, but yeah, I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> you got it. When I see him, I'll definitely let him know. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, Armando, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best of luck uh, this coming weekend, opening MSU Soccer Park against Charlotte Independence. Yeah. And no, uh, Thank you so much. I appreciate it. When we come back, we're going to be previewing that match and talking about other news around USL, so stick around. And we're back. That was a terrific interview, if I do say so myself. Armando Moreno, hats off. 
Good job. Um, let's talk the opener. The opener? Openinger. I did. I don't know what I'm saying, but... Uh, opening day. <laughs> the opening day at MSU Soccer Park this Saturday, 7 p.m. at MSU, guys. Come on down. You should be there. Uh, Charlotte Independence is coming to town. They have over the past year been very very bad to red bull in general have uh whooped on them pretty good uh their their record this year they're six three and two with a plus six goal differential four one and oh in the last five games so they've really turned it on after uh, a not great start to the season their wins in that streak uh, are against uh, they're on a four match winning streak. I should have said that. Their their wins are against FC Cincinnati, Toronto, Richmond, and Ottawa, and they really whooped on FC Cincinnati. If you guys did not see that match, it was a four one victory for Charlotte. Ouchies. The only loss they have in their last five matches is to the Charleston Battery. So weird kind of stuff here, guys. Uh, the goals for for Charlotte have been coming from Cordell Cato who's got five, Jorge Herrera, also five, and Jan Ekra, who scored a heck of a goal last week. Definitely go check that out. He's got three. Assists are coming from all over the team. So their their offense is really rocking and rolling and uh, interchanging and, and doing really well. Caleb Calvert, Alex Martinez, Enzo Martinez's brother, uh, if you're familiar with, with Enzo from last uh, season, uh, Joel Johnson, Jorge Herrera, and Jan Ekra, all of those guys each have two assists. Charlotte is a good team. I think a lot of what you see from them uh, is not dissimilar to what they did last year. They're very good at counterattack. Uh, they can be feisty and, and force you into turnovers in their third. And they just they use speed and precision to uh to to beat you after that this is a it's going to be a very tough match for the red bulls they they've had lots of trouble against this team over the last couple of years and it's the kind of game that kind of spells disaster for them but it's the opener of their stadium which i mean most teams really get up for that game but it's kind of weird now because it's the middle of the season Josteine, what are we going to see in this match are we going to continue to see the lineup that we have been seeing over the last couple of games? Well, it's going to depend on who's available. Um, you know, this first team's shorthanded right now, and you know they have to, they'll call up some some of uh, Red Bull too, obviously. Um, what are we going to see? Uh, you know, I want to see a complete nine from this team this year. I know, you know, it's been a tough ask. You know. You know, last weekend they put together a great first half, second half not so great. Other than that, their story this season has been great second half. So, luckily, it's a night game, so heat probably won't be too much of a factor on the press this time around, which is a good thing. But, <laughs> um, again, it, you know, th- this is the type of team that's going to give them problems. Quick counterattacks, you know, they'll beat the press. So we're going to have to see, you know, a much better defensive effort than we did in the second half last weekend. They could easily find those three goals down. 100%. And, you know, 
Uh, first team's going to be short, so I imagine we're going to see the, a similar back line in terms of what we have seen. Maybe Jordan will be back, so maybe it'll be Jordan Scarlett and Kevin Bollitz or, or Jordan and, and Wahab Ekwai. Uh, but definitely going to see, I think, Hassan with the first team because you've got the Open Cup match tomorrow night. Uh, and then again next weekend, I think they're playing Columbus in Columbus. Am I right about that? Who knows? You were right. Okay. Feeling good. Feeling great. How are you? Um, <laughs> I think I think if they're going to beat Charlotte, they're going to have to give up some of the possession a little bit, which is kind of what we've seen them do. They've played a lot more direct this season, uh, but I want to see them kind of hold back in their end a little bit more because Charlotte is a team that really likes to run at you, and if you don't give them that space behind you to run into, they can't punish you. And I think that while Red Bull 2 isn't terrifically fast all over the field, you get a good amount of speed from guys like Jared and Brian White and Amando, and they can really cause problems for you if you let your back line get a little too far ahead. Uh, so I really think that they should try to sit back a little bit and, and seed some of the possession and just look for those opportunities. But as we know, that really is not the Red Bull way. So we'll have to see what they do. Uh, let's get a prediction from you, Justine. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. 2-2 draw. I'm going to say, and I'm going to feel really bad about this after I'm very wrong, but I'm going to say that they win this one, and I'm going to say it's another one of those commanding home victories, and I'm going to say it's 3 nothing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I want to see each of those guys up top, Jared, Brian, and Amando get a goal this week. I think they can do it. To be bound from, you know, from... If they get if they jump on top early, uh, I don't think they'll see it. I don't think they'll see the lead this time. I think they'll see this game. Out. That's going to be a big key in the game for me. Absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, let's uh, do a quick roundup of news around USL. Um, first, foremost, we got to talk about Freddie Adu. He's in Las Vegas now. He scored his first goal the other day. It was kind of a goal of opportunity, but it's still uh, good to see. I don't think. Well, I could be wrong about this. Hold on, I'm going to check while I'm I'm speaking. I think that's his third goal in the last five years. And, yep, I have absolutely verified that. Uh, He played at – oh, man, I'm not even going to try to say this. He was in Finland playing for uh, Khufu. He scored two goals while with them in his three matches, which is seemingly a very successful stint, but he did not stick around there. And – uh, since has been light on appearances. He only played 12 matches for the Rowdies when he was with them in, in ASL uh, over kind of two seasons. And now five matches into his spell with the the lights, he gets his first goal. I really want to see things work out for him in some capacity, and hopefully uh, you know, Las Vegas is, is a good thing for him. I worry about the circus around the team, uh, but I think that that he's starting to come around and, and maybe uh, can settle into a comfortable place at the end of his career. This is so, so insane to think about, but he's 29 years old now. I don't see him going to a lot of different teams. Uh, Las Vegas might be that the final stop uh, in this destination, but just with the number of clubs that he's played with in the last 14 years, it's uh it's, it's quite a guessing game. Anything to add to that, Joe? I can't believe he's 29 years old. That fascinates me. I, I wow. I think I, I still have the Sports Illustrated cover of him. I when he was up and coming. I have talked about this on the show before, but I was in the building when he scored his first professional goal. Oh, and you must have thought, wow, 
He's it. He's everything we need. And I I hated him for it. He was with DC, which obviously has its own set of uh, of um, connotations uh, because mm-hmm. of how much we all hate yep. DC around these parts. And yeah, I really hated it. But you know what? You know who also scored in that match? John Wallenek. Oh, <laughs> my God. Right? <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Uh, that's insane. That's that's crazy to me. It's a 3-2 oh, victory. Why can't, they, why can't they play Las Vegas this, this year? Just play John <laughs> Wouldn't that be the be best? Like, John could be like, John, John, John could be like, hey, remember when you scored your first goal? I scored in that game, too. <laughs> I'm sure that Freddie remembers that. Uh, it was quite a, a match to be at. Um, okay. What else? Okay, we're going to talk about Brandon Allen. <laughs> he is player of the Man. week. Three mm. er, Two goals and an assist this week. Uh, it seems that he's found a good thing happening in Nashville. I think the way that they play kind of suits his style a lot more than the way that Bethlehem Steele play. Are we going to see a... a Brandenaissance? Probably because I completely re- I don't know. Like <laughs> you jinxed it. Apparently, uh, apparently, yeah. Apparently, if you're if anyone's trying to scout talent, don't hire me because anybody who I say does not, you know, you know, doesn't, you know, isn't going to be like, you know, a, or a, you know, player, you know, his work ethic question uh, completely just proved me wrong. So, uh, I, I think that you know the style of Nashville really fits him. Um, you know they've got him or Papa Mensa's up top too. You know they got some talent in that midfield too. So I mean, his you know all they have to do is get the get you know get the ball up to him, and he I, I will to his credit I will give him that he is a very good finisher inside the box. Hundred percent. He had a nice he had a nice assist on on. Uh, on the goal this weekend, so uh, he, you know what? I, congrats to him. He's proven me wrong, and uh, pretty much made me eat crow. <laughs> the best, the the best and worst thing to have to eat. I I will, you know, take a little bit of shine off that assist because I think a lot of the heavy lifting was done by Meloto on that goal. But you know, he did this job. He he laid the ball off. He held up play. It's, so it still counts. All, exactly. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Got the ball so congrats, Brandon. Uh, hope things go well for you there, but not too well because you're in the Eastern Conference. Uh, just to remember, <laughs> uh, USL uh, announced today that their uh, USL Productions has done a good job broadening visibility of the league. They have reached 84 million viewers. Uh, what is it? A 10 million dollar uh, investment that they made. Uh, you got to say that things are looking good for the league. Uh, Division two seems to be uh, going very well. Uh, with USL as opposed to other cough leagues that we're not going to mention. And, you know, I, I think that with all of, all of the success that they're having and all of the teams that are coming into the fold, that what maybe seemed risky because of, of the amount of teams is, is becoming uh, a much safer and sustainable, more sustainable uh, thing, especially with ESPN plus. And I think the success that that has had so far. Thoughts? Yeah. Great job. I mean, you know, you you know, the YouTube, them being on YouTube was, you know, it's a good starting point for them. But I definitely think switching over to ESPN Plus, you know, has really helped them grow the league. And I mean, you know, 
guy, you know, people who are just paying, you know, five bucks a month just to watch MLS games can now enjoy the USL too for, you know, as an add-on. Right. So I mean, it, it you know, it, it's a, it's a good, it's a very good thing. It, it's very good that they did that. So and they came to the agreement with ESPN and got that on there because again, you, you know, it's probably one of the most popular sites to go visit, you know, sports. And if you have that, you know, and you're trying to get into soccer, it's a good starting point for the USL. Fully agree. And one thing that, uh, you know, we, we talked about being on YouTube is good. Uh, it's obviously free, uh, for folks to watch, but you're definitely not going to catch any like on the fence or casual fans being on YouTube because they have to go specifically to that. Here you're talking about guys turning on ESPN Plus and saying, oh, hey, there's a USL game. I'll watch that while I wait for the MLS game to come on. Uh, and I, I know circumstantially that uh, my uncle has done that on a number of occasions and said, like, hey, what's on ESPN Plus tonight? Let's look. Oh, USL games. I'll I'll give those a watch. So definitely a good thing. Um, OCSC, Orange County SC, announced today they – or today or yesterday signed a, uh, a oh man I just said this before and now I'm worried about Joe's who eveled I think I did that right who eveled a 35 year old center back he played with Celtic Southampton and Norwich uh, obviously he's 35 year old uh, Dutch center back my I I know that Orange County has taken a little bit of a downturn uh, considering how they started the season but is this is this a good thing bringing this guy right now, or is it a bit of a risk that he might upset uh, team chemistry and things might uh, get measurably worse, especially because uh, the workload coming into USL and the travel is uh, significant, especially for an older player like this? Uh, I don't think it's a bad, bad thing. Uh, you know, you bring in an experienced guy, you know, he, yeah, he has that into the travel but i mean having experience oh, i'm gonna make you say this all over again justine because you broke up throughout that whole thing oh is am i sounding like weird yeah it was breaking up a lot it was doing a little bit throughout before i'm closing some other things just see if it was a bandwidth issue um but yeah uh, i was losing a lot oh it's okay okay try again let's see <laughs> is this okay. a good thing for orange county sc Absolutely. Uh, I think, well, I don't, mm, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. Um, it's more of, of the fact that, you know, I mean, yeah, he has to adapt to the travel and, you know, the, the style that they're going to play. But, I mean, bringing an experience to a team is never bad. Hope, you know, he, you know, you know, some young players' advice, you know, uh, you guys, you know, that are, try, you know, coming through. I don't want to say new, but they're still raw to the game. Um, so he has experience in different leagues around the world. I mean, why not? It, you know, it, it could easily help the team out. Okay. Okay. Fair. Um, last bit of news. Uh, we'll very quickly go through the results uh, from today's Open Cup matches that included quite a few USL teams. Uh, first up, Louisville City defeats New England Revolution 3-2. to two. Uh, Philadelphia Union defeats the Richmond Kickers 5-0. That DC United just finished up against North Carolina FC. They won 4-3 in penalty kicks after uh, finishing up 1-1. And that is it for today. Charleston Battery will play tomorrow against Atlanta United. That seems like it is a um, set up to be a slaughter. (laughs) 
I'll call it a slaughter. Um, who else is going tomorrow from... Oh, FC Cincinnati is playing Minnesota United. I think that Cincinnati should be able to win that match. Um, San Antonio uh, FC is playing FC Dallas. Nashville, Colorado, I think uh, that is a winnable game for Nashville. We'll see. Fresno is playing LAFC. Do not think that they will advance from that, but who knows? Weird things have happened. Uh, and Sacramento Republic, Seattle Sounders. I think Sac Republic wins that match. It's at home for them. Um, Ooh, that'll be. I'm sure it'll be a good crowd for that game too. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is going to do it for us today. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at underscore Joe Goldstein. I'm at Jstein15. And if you want to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, like I said, that's all on Twitter. You can follow the show at Facebook.com uh, slash Raising Bulls. You can follow us at RaisingBulls.com, where we keep all of our episodes. You can even send us emails. Joe, do you remember what you send the emails to? Raising Bull. Oh, boy. Back. Questions. <laughs> Questions. At RaisingBulls.com. That's questions at RaisingBulls.com. You can send us questions to questions at RaisingBulls.com. Just to add it in there a couple more times, questions, questions, questions. At questions. (laughs) No, now I'm saying it wrong. (laughs) Anyway, uh, you can also find us at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Not Spotify yet, but soon. Uh, please find us, rate us, review us there. It really does help, and it means everything to us. Don't forget about hashtag Merced out. Guys, I know a lot of you think it was just a work last week. He wasn't here, but he's not here tonight, it right? Not. It was not a work. I don't know what here, people here are Here we are at the end of the episode. It's not he, a work. He's not here. Anthony he Merced. thinks I'm not real. Like, come on. Like, he thinks I'm, like, a puppet. of. Uh, he thinks, basically, I'm Joe's, pu- you know, dummy. Like, Come on. Yeah. I mean, really? (laughs) (laughs) And he can clearly see both of my hands when you're talking. So that's that's what I don't understand. I don't Uh, don't know. I don't know what that guy, you know, he thinks he's like a legit wrestling heel in real life. He's far from it. He really does believe that. And he dresses like one. That's the strange thing. Um, uh, (laughs) We're part of the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM. They've got great shows like the USL show, Mon Goals uh, for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh, the Unused subs- Substitute, St. Louis Soccer Report, Back Chat, Tornado Alley, of course, uh, Last Word SC, My Old Stomping Grounds, and uh, so many more. Find them, guys. There's a lot of great stuff out there. And again, it's at bgn.fm. And last but not least, I want to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself... Joe Steen and Amando Moreno. Thank you very much. And hashtag Merced out. Merced out. <laughs> <laughs>